We spoke about our shared goals for our country and for this government. She confirmed for me a conversation we had this fall where I told her directly that any decisions on matters uh, involving the Director of Public Prosecutions uh, were hers alone. I respect her view that uh, due to privilege she cannot uh, comment or add uh, on matters uh, recently before the media. Mm -hmm. How convenient, Mr. Prime Minister, and that she, the her he refers to, would be his former Justice Minister, Jody wilson Raybould. And, um, you know, hey, there's nothing to see. Nothing to see. Albeit today, the Ethics Commissioner said, there's a lot to see, actually, and so that's why he's agreed to investigate what did or did not happen with the former justice minister. And I guess we now know that there's a meeting, but it's interesting because Mr. Trudeau, while he can say whatever he wants, he reminds you in that clip, of course, she cannot because, well, you know, client solicitor privilege. Well, that's not how it works. And frankly, I think... I think at this point, she owes an explanation. Something's got to give. Either she's out of cabinet, something's going to give at this point. But there's no question. It's his word against no one's word because he's gagged the process. And so we have no choice but to take him at his word, which is very convenient because the new justice minister is apparently going to eat his poop sandwiches too and gladly carry his water for him. Because he doesn't think there's the need for an investigation either. David Lametti, yeah, uh, all it was is some newspaper allegations. Oh, okay. And the prime minister said nothing happened. Oh, okay. I don't see the need for an investigation. Oh, okay. Perfect. Well, there's no need one. I guess we just won't do that. But everyone else sees the need. And if you got nothing to hide, you would think that the prime minister would say, absolutely, let's do this. I want to bring Michael Bryant into this conversation, executive director and general counsel for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Of course, it was Mr. Bryant almost immediately who said there absolutely has to be an RCMP or a police investigation. He joins us now. Mr. Bryant, you've been pretty matter of fact in this particular issue that there should be a criminal investigation. Do you still feel that way? You know, I, I, it's, it's an observation more than a prescription. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't think anybody should be directing the police. Uh, I just don't understand on what basis an investigation wouldn't be taking place. Uh, it's not for me or my organization to call for a police investigation. I just assume that one is underway because, uh, you know, I've seen obstruction of justice investigations uh, launched with a lot less evidence than we have seen in this case. And um, now with the, um, with the development in the trial today mm-hmm. against uh, Vice Admiral Mark, yeah. uh, Norman, you have a, a further allegation. And in, this case, and in that case, that would be abuse of process as opposed to obstruction of justice. Both of them are uh, basically two different versions of the same evil, which is the political interference with the justice system, which is a corruption of the system and uh, something that uh, we just can't have in Canada. And could, you know, it could lead to charges being being dismissed, depending on how many times they got involved in the past in uh, in prosecutions. 
All right. So let's step back here for, for just a minute, because you have not only experience in politics, but in specific as an attorney general, and you're also a lawyer. So you understand this, this issue and the role that needs to be played. Mr. Trudeau today came out and pretty much spoke on behalf of Jody um, Wilson-Ray Bold and said, but yes, we had a conversation and I told her that, you know, she would be responsible for making the decision. And in doing that, Mr. Bryant, I mean, he has spoken for her and yet she doesn't have the privilege to speak back, which is A, not transparent, but B, is really one way to stifle the debate. Well, I mean, technically, uh, by talking about the conversation he had with her, he has waived the privilege, right? So uh, the privilege exists between the client and the lawyer. And if the client breaches the privilege, then there's nothing, you know, then it's over. The privilege is gone. So the privilege, if it was ever there, is probably gone. Uh, and, uh, and, that, and, and that is something that Parliament will debate and politicians will debate but meanwhile uh you know i don't know if the police have called anybody in the p in the either the prime minister's office or the privy council office to see if uh in fact there were you know what the nature of the conversations were exactly what was said and whether or not they constituted interference i just i i do not understand alex why on earth they would get into that business like why would you unless you thought you were immune from the law, why would you take the risk by having the conversation in the first place, either with a prosecutor in, 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 the, in the admiral's case or uh, with the attorney general in SNC-Lavalin's case? Right. And so, therefore, uh, we find ourselves in the, in the position that we are in. But, but could theoretically then Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, uh, Wilson now speak, given that he has waived that? I mean, this can be very easily um, put to bed. It's a yes or no question. Is the prime minister telling the truth? Was the Globe and Mail article accurate? And and she could take this story right out of the uh, headlines by saying, I wasn't pressured. Everything's fine. Move on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Uh, That's the end of it. Now, she she hasn't done that to date. (laughs) It was open to her to do it on Monday. It hasn't happened to date. And... uh, um, and, and, you know, now she's, uh, she's certainly uh, in an impossible position, although, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what, what, uh, what she says to this. But I, you know, I, I just want to separate the issues. One is a political issue, and her invoking privilege is, is actually a political move. Right. It's not really a legal right. move. Uh, and then there's the, the legal uh, ramifications, uh, which would be uh, criminal investigations. Right. And I think, interestingly, this new new argument has developed where, where the Liberals could say, well, you know, in the greater good of Canada and to protect jobs, we would have had to have had this conversation, which, you know, it's not... Um, it's not not allowed that a cabinet minister would meet with the prime minister. That That's okay, you meet, but in your dealings as being an attorney general yourself, y- you can't then decide to quash a case because, you know, they're buddies or a big donor. I mean, there is a definite line. Yeah, the problem here is that somebody with power over the attorney general, namely the prime minister and the prime minister's office, right? That them having a conversation with the attorney general is uh, interfering with pressuring whatever word you come up with. Right. It's obstructing justice. Now, whether it meets the criminal code, it would require that they intended to interfere with the system, and they probably you know didn't have that intention. They just did it negligently and recklessly. But that. That's the kind of thing that gets decided by a judge, 
uh, or at the very least by a prosecutor in their quasi-judicial role. But uh, what's different about this is, you you know, the the premier talked to me all the time about policy matters having to do with, you know, what we were doing on Sharia law and family law, what Mm -hmm. we were doing with uh, the pit bull ban, what we were doing with human rights legislation. But I never spoke to him or anybody in his office about any prosecution ever. And, you know, we now have three former provincial attorneys general uh, who have, who've, uh, uh, on Twitter anyway, mm-hmm. said the same thing. Like, it's just not how it's supposed to work. Right. And so it's like everyone says the same thing, and yet we're going down this road. And then, you know, you roll forward to today, because I think a lot of people thought, well, how can this uh, fall out and have implications? And we get to the Norman case, this mm-hmm. very big case where mm-hmm. allegations are that the government um, accuses this man of leaking, which in Ottawa is kind of like what a baby does in the diaper every day. But <laughs> he got charged for it. It's right. destroyed his career. And then you've got his defense basically saying the prime minister's office attempted to direct the, the prosecution. In other words, they told the Crown how to do this case. This is two very big cases that very much uh, could get tossed out because of this. And then there's the Huawei case where a lot of people are saying, well, hold on a second. This is going to have direct implications on matters before the court. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. And people might get subpoenaed. I got subpoenaed when I was attorney general on a case where the allegation was that I was trying to interfere with the prosecution. It was an organized, um, it was a, a, a gang, a biker gang. Yeah. And I said something in the newspaper. I wrote about this in my book in 2012, so this isn't news. But uh, I, I said something in the paper. They said it was politically interfering with the case, and mm-hmm. they subpoenaed me right. and argued abuse of process. So abuse of process is more serious uh, in this case because instead of the PMO coming to the defense of their buddy, they are using their power to go after a political enemy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's that you know that that's more serious because now you're not you know doing somebody a favor. You're exacting some kind of vengeance. And right. And and but both of them are politically corrupt and wrong and criminal if those allegations are proven true. Yeah, in other words, we'll help you if you're our buddies and it's good for us politically and with votes, and then if we don't like you, we can weaponize the justice system, and that's what we seem to have a case. And I, and I think a lot of people say, well, I don't think people care about this. Why should people care? I mean, we're going into an election in the next few months. There's going to be a lot of campaigning. Um, this may get tucked behind the ethics investigation, which, as you know, will take months. Why should people care? Because we are supposed to have a justice system that's independent and isn't politicized and isn't corrupt. And we don't want people feeling like uh, they do in other countries, like Russia, where if you, you, know, if you aren't a card-carrying member of the right party, you feel like maybe uh, you're going to be treated differently by the justice system. And... People understandably get a little paranoid, but it's not entirely paranoia because people stop feeling safe that the that that the system is independent. And you know, there are a lot of people who think the system isn't independent. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and I've learned that particularly in the last few years. Yeah. But this this moves beyond a, you know general skepticism, and it uh, in fact suggests that you've got. A major abuse of power, and that's the problem. Is you've got if you've got people in that office who think they're immune or above the law, 
then they're abusing their power. And that's obviously something that either becomes uh, investigated by the justice system or something that um, voters need to know going into the election. From the Canadian Civil Liberties perspective, Mm -hmm. we're all about fighting abuse of power. And so uh, this you know, gives rise to the concern, what other cases were they involved in? Were they also politically directing the appeals in which we were fighting them, for example, on yes. solitary confinement? Yeah. Uh, and and where does it where does it end? And Cotter, yeah, there's a whole right. bunch of things. And so, yeah, I think, you know, if you're if you're irritated or offended by what Donald Trump seems to have been accused of exactly. with Mueller, Mueller, then this to me is 10 times uh, worse. Does the story go away? Uh, well, um, <laughs> I know the opposition I, won't let it go away, right, but uh, right. Well, uh, the the most serious part of the story will go away if and when the RCMP, uh, well, uh, confirm that there's no police investigation, and secondly, if the uh, judge on Friday does not allow um, the defense to see these documents. But if we see these documents, then and and this leads to an abusive process and the dismissal of that charge. Um, then, then, then it then it starts to look like you got a pattern, and, um, and and then it doesn't go away. But on the other hand, it may be that uh, these allegations are are not provable at this stage, and uh, we'll we'll just you know time will tell. Time will tell. All right, Michael. I thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you. Michael Bryant is with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. This is not a partisan thing because he is a card-carrying liberal, and they are also speaking out. Wayne Long also speaking out, a member of the party today, saying that he is troubled by what he's hearing. And that's not a small thing for someone in the party to be speaking out and saying, yeah, no, this, this does not smell good. He's done. His party will not promote him. He'll probably sit on the back bench for a long time. But it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see who else comes out and stands up to this. Who will stand with Jody Wilson-Raybould? In this, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.